Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's head to the phone lines right now and be joined by our next guest, Jared Dubin. He covers the NFL for CBSSports.com. Jared, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing good. This is what I expected the ruling to be. I know the NFL put out that information a few weeks ago that they wanted a 17-game suspension. Once that started to happen, I thought the NFL got word that it wasn't going to be super strict, but at least wanted it on the record that they were leaning for a more harsh penalty for Deshaun Watson. But this news today was in line with what I've been thinking the last couple weeks or so, that this was going to be either a six- or eight-game suspension. Yeah, I mean, I think you never really know what a suspension is going to be in the NFL because they don't follow any coherent set of logic or precedent when it comes to these things, mostly because they don't have to. It's been ruled in court, uh, at least in the Southern District of New York, that they don't really have to follow any precedent. They don't really even have to explain their decisions when it comes to these kind of rulings. So I was among the camp that was like literally anything could happen. He could be suspended for 10 years. He could be suspended not at all, and the NFL could just say that's the ruling. And that's what it is. So I uh, was not quite as confident in a specific number of games as maybe some other people were, but certainly it seemed like it was trending this way over the last couple of weeks. I'm going to be really curious to see how Roger Goodell handles this situation because this process played itself out the way that people wanted it to play itself out. This was negotiated between the players and the owners that they wanted a third-party judge to come to a ruling and they wanted Goodell to have less power. But now that this has come back, and I believe the suspension is less than what Goodell wanted, is he going to appeal this that may play towards public opinion but also could upset the players and owners that agreed to this deal? How do you think Goodell's going to play this? Well, one thing I'm a little bit confused by is that, you know, the NFL retains the right to appeal, and then Roger Goodell is the appeals officer. But is Goodell the one making the decision to appeal himself? Is it the owners? Is it somebody else in the league office that makes that decision to appeal? I'm not entirely sure how that process works. But if there is an appeal, then Goodell can basically just decide to suspend Watson for however long he wants. And as long as the league files a suit in the Southern District of New York before Watson or the NFLPA can file in any other jurisdiction, then his ruling will be upheld almost no matter what based on the precedent that's been set uh, in court cases filed in that district, which is, you know, where we had uh, Tom Brady's case back in the day, where they ruled that essentially the the NFL can suspend people for whatever reason for however long they want, and it's going to be upheld because that's what's in the CBA. Um, So I I don't know exactly how that decision of whether or not to appeal is going to be made, but I do know that if Goodell changes the suspension so long as the lawsuit gets filed in New York and not anywhere else, it's very likely that it will be upheld. I agree with you, and I I, I think that Goodell is going to push for this to be a double-digit suspension. I don't think that Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for a full year. I think that's a really big jump from the judge saying six games and now you go to a year suspension, but 
I could see him adding on a couple of more games here and that Watson can't come back until around Thanksgiving or so. Where right now, right now, if I set the over under at six and a half, let's say, so let's add, there's a chance that it could be more. What would you take the over or the under on games Watson misses this year? <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it, it's still really difficult to know because the NFL, again, does not follow any sort of coherence logic in these kind of cases. So we don't know whether they'll say, you know what, the, the, and this is the first case that's gone to, you know, the independent arbitrator as well. So we don't really know whether the NFL, you know, likes to appeal these kind of things either. So any, anything I would say here is nothing more than a guess. Um, in that case, I mean, I guess under, because the NFL will not want the, the attention to keep being paid to this case and then would say, we're not going to appeal. We're just going to let the arbitrator's decision stand. But, again, that, that's nothing more than a guess on my part. Right now we're talking to Jared Dubin here about the top story of the day in the NFL. Also get to some of the news and notes around the league. Now that we have this information regarding Deshaun Watson, I don't think that Cleveland makes a move at quarterback. Maybe they were going to if they were going to have a more lengthy suspension. But if this is only going to be six games, I just don't see them in the market for Jimmy Garoppolo anymore. How do you think Cleveland plays out this suspension from the quarterback? Uh, perspective yeah I mean they've been pretty clear like Jacoby Brissett's going to start while Watson is suspended I don't really see the need for them to go out and get somebody else it's like it maybe if Garoppolo gets released by the 49ers then they'll take a look at that but I don't see them really giving up more assets to go and get somebody else like Brissett is perfectly fine as a fill-in starter for a few games I'm with you on Jacoby Brissett I kind of call them high-end backup quarterbacks that I don't think Jacoby Brissett can be your starting quarterback for 17 games. You can expect to make the playoffs, especially with how competitive the AFC is scheduled to be this year. But if you're telling me that you only need him for six games, especially with the schedule that Cleveland has the early part of the season, you very easily could go four and two, three and three, and then when Watson gets back for game seven, really make that push to try to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. Right now, we're talking to Jared Dubin here for a couple of more minutes here, talking some NFL news and notes. The other top story to me in the league is Jimmy Garoppolo and waiting for him to potentially get traded. Where could you see San Francisco moving Jimmy G to? The thing is, it might take a training camp injury to somebody's starter if the move is going to come via trade and not via him just getting released. Um, Because there doesn't seem to be uh, an obvious, like, shooter for him right now of a team that like needs to go get a starting quarterback upgrade. The one you would have thought maybe was Carolina, but then they went and got Baker Mayfield, you know, whether or not that's really a significant upgrade that's going to make a big difference for them. We can debate, but that was their, their move. The only team that seems like it probably does need a starter is Seattle, but the Seahawks don't seem to think they need a starter. Um, because Pete Carroll wants to run the ball 50 times a game and lean on his defense anyway, and uh, you don't necessarily need to pay Jimmy G like $25 million, uh to do that. You could just get away with Geno Smith or, or Drew Locke. That's what they think, at least. And uh, it's hard to see, at least, San Francisco trading Jimmy to a division rival. It's something that teams just don't like to do, even if it doesn't really make all that much sense and you should just take whatever the best return you can get for a particular player is, but if he's released, then I could see that happening. 
I'm with you. You and I 100% agree when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. If I if I'm Seattle, I just try to I just try to make do for this one individual year. Like no one wants to go into a season feeling like you're inadequate at the quarterback position, but I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo makes enough of a difference that you make the playoffs if you make a trade for him. So to me, the best thing for Seattle to do is learn what you have with Drew Locke, maybe let Geno Smith start the year, you make a switch at some point, you win five games and go 5-12, and 12, and then you try to go find your quarterback this year. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo moves the needle enough for them where they should go out and make a move with San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not going to be all that good of a team anyway, I don't think, and uh, I'm not sure that they should necessarily want to be yet given the situation that their roster is in. They should probably be you know stockpiling some assets to figure out a way to make their team better over the next three, four years, as opposed to, you know, we're going to make a doomed run at trying to get the seventh seed in the NFC. Last question here, Jared, and I appreciate your time. Now that we've started camp and every team is practicing, who's the team that you think is flying under the radar? Who's the team that you think is going to make the playoffs, but isn't getting enough of the national conversation? I don't know if they're necessarily under the radar, but I think the Ravens are going to be better than people think and might be the best team in the AFC North. Um, obviously, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year and are getting a lot of attention throughout the offseason, but Baltimore's situation last year was essentially entirely ruined by injuries, both to Lamar Jackson and the offensive line and basically their entire defensive backfield. That team's going to be, obviously, significantly healthier this year, and it's not like Lamar played terribly when he was on the field last year. As long as he's healthy and their defense is healthy again, I think they're going to be really good. And that is Jared Dubin joining us on the show today. He covers the NFL for CBSSports.com. Jared, appreciate the insight and information. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.